Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> Damn it, first for you! Bang! Somebody tell him he's a rookie. And welcome into a brand new episode of Believe in Clippers on the Believe Podcast Network. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker back with you here for another episode as Alex... First of all, how you doing? What's going on? Doing good, doing good, man. Just doing really good. About to have a nice little vacation coming soon, so looking forward to that. Out in Rome. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, we're all envious of that, and uh, <laughs> hope you're enjoying uh, the. Not to rub it in. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's all good. You know, at least we all have, no matter where we are, the NBA is back, of course. And you know, we talked yeah. about when we had Andrew Greif on last week. There had just been one game, but we're. We're in full swing now, and, you know, knock on wood, everything's working out. Another round, another week of no positive tests for the NBA. So this thing is, is rocking and rolling. It's going good, yeah. So we've seen uh, now four games for the Clippers in this bubble scenario. Two and two, up and down. We've seen them look phenomenal in a game. We've seen them kind of be lackadaisical through a game and, you know, nearly steal it away to get at the end against the Suns. And then... They kind of turned it back up against Dallas. Uh, what what have your overall impressions been of just what you've seen through four games? You know, granted, obviously there's been the four month layoff up until this, so a little bit to be expected. But but what have you seen so far? Yeah, just a short review of everything. I mean, all the way from the from the Lakers. I mean, uh, of course they didn't have you know the, the nucleus and stuff like that, so they played awesome. And then uh, moving on down to. Uh, who did they play the Pelicans? I would say um, yeah. they played all. They played really good against the Pelicans, and uh, I think the game was pretty much in my eyes was determined in the first five minutes. You know what I mean? They had unbelievable uh, determination as far as like <laughs> putting the names, um, putting everybody on their back, and just just playing together. You know what I mean? Just going out for the kill. Um, you can definitely see they're in the position to win in a championship. They're not trying to just win games and just be in the bubble. And that game proved it right there from that standpoint. Uh, the Pelicans looked a little sluggish, and uh, they just put it on them from that point. The Clippers did an unbelievable job. Guys was hitting from all cylinders, and um, Kawhi Leonard did an amazing job from that point. And then um, the Suns, I think, that's who they play next, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that was a close game all the way through, man. Booker is nasty. I gotta say that. <laughs> I mean, at that point, that, yeah. at that point, you kind of yeah. tip your cap, right? Hit a fadeaway over the two of the best defenders in the game to to win that one. Oh man, yeah, you doing an inverted spin move off of a <laughs> pump fake on some Kobe Bryant? You know what I mean? Like that was supposed to be a pass. He had nobody open still. He just locked in, got it an inch over uh, Paul George. That was a crazy shot. That was a, definitely a moment to see um, him hitting that and. Um, the whole game, he carried the whole Suns. You can just look at the statistics. They were, they were nowhere to be found. They played nine guys that whole, you know, whole game. He had, what, 35 points, you yeah. know what I mean? So it was crazy, man, watching that kid play like that. Yeah, and he's, to, he's to incredible Booker. talent. And I think that 
you know, we like I said, we saw kind of the the effort factor for from that game, whether it's the Pelican game before or the Mavericks game after. For, what, for whatever reason, you know, the Suns, they're trying to battle to get into that 8-9 playing game. They were hungry, and they wanted that one bad, and the Clippers, you know, they ended up turning it on a little bit in the second half to obviously get themselves back in the game, which they can do with their talent. But you could tell the the kind of difference in the effort from the Mavericks game and the Pelicans game versus that Suns game. It was kind of, you know, one half of effort for the Clippers compared to a full game in those other ones. For sure, yeah, yeah. They couldn't rattle the Suns. They played to their energy, and uh, they was in, they was in sync. Um, Pelican game. I mean, the um, I'm sorry, the Mavericks game was awesome though. You know what I mean? They came back, and um, even though they, uh, what was my man's name, Zubrick, he had a, an unbelievable game. You know what I mean? Yeah, Zubrick was cooking, man. He, he was he, he didn't miss. Um, so that definitely helped, you know, gave him some confidence and energy during during that game. And the Mavericks, uh, that just happened just now. So um, they they look great, man. Um, they waiting for, you know, my man uh, Lou Williams to turn it up, that 20-point average, you know. And he will. He's a veteran uh, from that point. So it's a lot of things that they're missing. You know, you just talked about um, key piece of the six-man award um, nominee, um from from Luke Williams and um, that uh, the big fella, what's his name? Montrez, um, yeah. Montrez, yeah. He's gonna be nice too, a nice key piece for them to open and spread the court. So yeah, and, and of um, course Beverly being out right now, those are you know three of your your top guys right there, and kind of the heart and soul and the foundation sure. of the team. For sure, yeah. It relieves a lot of pressure off these guys is playing a lot of minutes. Um, Paul George and them having to guard the best defenders. That's what. You know, Pat Beverly does best, you know, at a high level. So once they come in, they get their rest and stuff like that, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, and I'm glad yeah. you, you mentioned Zubats, and it's, it was hard not to with how well not only he played against Dallas, but also against Phoenix. And it's still kind of mind-boggling to to think about the trade that brought him here with the Lakers where he was pretty much gift-wrapped to the Clippers for for nothing. You know, Mike Muscala, who never played a minute for the Clippers, he was part of the, the Avery Bradley trade and then immediately shipped off to the Lakers. It's, uh, it's a heist, man. They got Zubats for, for literally nothing, and he's, you know, a legit starting center who is making a big impact on this team. Yeah, for sure. And they needed that piece right there um, from the situation that's going on right now. And he's, he's prevailing. He's playing really good, you know, from the minutes that he's getting. Yeah, and to, and, and to your point, Zubats obviously the the game against the Mavs, but even before that, he did have the you know the turnover at the end of the Suns game. But before that, he had 18 points and 12 rebounds, seven of nine from the field, and then of course you mentioned against Dallas, perfect 10 of 10 from the field, 21 points and 15 rebounds, both of these in 25 and 24 minutes respectively. So he's not even playing that much and still putting up huge monster numbers and affecting the game on the defensive end as well for sure for sure and i think that dallas game really helped him because uh the clippers just pretty much ran a four flat with him running and setting the pick and roll in the middle of the screen just reading off that you know what i mean they kept the game simple as hell uh during that mavericks game and with the guys that they have you just got to keep it simple you don't have to run around and do a lot of crazy things give paul george Kawhi leonard screen at the top and let them work the big man comes in, collapse, he drops it off to Zerberg, and he finishes. He does a great job finishing, you know, so that helps them a lot. So that way they're playing off him, and then you give him the shot, the three-pointer, 
consistent shots that Kawhi and them hit, you know, with a hand in their face. So it's nothing you can really do, you know what I mean? So um, it showed it showed a lot of uh, courage that, um, you know, the coach did a great job just letting these guys play free of charge, you know, and um, they they it's hard to guard these guys one-on-one, Paul George one-on-one, you know, so. Yeah, and I mean, that's obviously one of the, the big reasons so many people have this team, if not the favorite, obviously one of the top three favorites to win this whole thing is because you mentioned you got two guys who, you know, when things bog down, especially in the playoffs, basketball becomes like that. You got two guys that just can create their own shot and make tough shots, get to the rim, get to the free throw line, really get it done at all three levels. So it's it just shows you, you know, along with that, all the other depth they have alongside them, why, why people are so high on this team when they're fully healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, and to, to get back to Zoo for a second, too, I mean, you know, Dallas in particular, they you know, they started the game big with, with Boban in there, but they're a team that, you know, their offense is prolific. They can play that, you know, spread out offense for the most part, and that's not necessarily mm-hmm. the easiest matchup for Zoo either. You know, he's a big center who likes to be in the paint trying to get out to the three-point line, and he did he did a pretty good job. You know, he had to guard Porzingis. He had to guard Kleba. And he was getting out there, and really, he's really active on the defensive end. And then you kind of mentioned, you know, the screen setting and the rim running, just on top of all that, really just being active on both sides of the court. For sure, yeah. It's it's it's, it's gonna be hard to stop Porzingis. You know, him shooting that far yeah. from the three point line, and he's shooting it like a damn near uh, lights out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Behind the three point arc, so he's going to make those shots. You know, and and that's something that he does at a high level um but nonetheless though he held his own like you said Zubak did a great job you know rebounding the ball which they needed and he doesn't one thing he does what I love about it is that he doesn't get a rebound and try to fight and try to put it back in he kicks it right back out to the open three-pointer where guys have got their feet set Paul George knocking shots down and that that gives them enough you know energy where they're getting rhythm into the game you know what I mean and getting extra shots like okay I'm not just going to have a big man that's banging in and trying to that's not his game he gets rebounds kick it out to them go get another rebound you know what I mean if you got an easy putback he does that but he doesn't fight the game he lets it come to him and it shows you go 10 for 10 that's definitely letting the game come to you you know what I mean how many minutes did he play again yeah 24 24 like I'm not worried about nothing you know what I mean? that's, <laughs> that's a hell of a that's a great game you know what I mean? That's that's, that's a veteran. Yeah, that's right there. Yeah. Yeah, veteran performance from still a young guy. You know, he's in his, yeah. his fourth le- fourth year in the league, and this is a guy the Clippers got. They just re-signed on a you know four year deal, you know seven mil a year, just a, a big bargain for you know his future is really bright, and you know not only the future but the present clearly because he's a big time <clears throat> contributor and and kind of fits the role that they need perfectly where you know he's accepting of his minutes. He's going to play well, play hard in them, and then, you know, the team is so versatile. If they do have a tougher matchup for him, they just have other guys that can come in and, and fill the void that they need. Yeah, yeah. You said it first. You was like, it's going to be crazy what this bubble does to players. You know what I mean? You're going to see guys that are sleepers that come out the woodwork, and he's definitely one of those guys that's doing that, you know, with the opportunity that's given. No crowd, no pressure. I'm just playing my game, and... I don't have to worry about nothing, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So he's definitely doing that. Yeah, no, Zoo has been awesome. And then, you know, obviously we talk about the guys that they're missing, and, and that's kind of the scary part for other teams, right? It's that 
this team can still look so good and, and beat a very good Dallas team, you know, running away down the stretch. It was a close game, but they end up winning by 15. You know, still win those games without guys like Bev and Montrez. And you think about you think about the minutes that right now are going to, you know, Patrick Patterson and, and Rodney Magruder and some of these other guys that, you know, are not going to play come playoff time when they're still able to get it done. So you throw in yeah. big contributors in their place, and it just adds to, to what's already, you know, a pretty dynamic group. Mm-hmm. True, true. And uh, um, also Marcus Morris is doing a great job coming out of his shell. He's playing a lot better. Um, knocking down shots and stuff like that too as well so uh the sky's the limit i guess for this team man you know like this is one team like every other team that like got their all pieces they know what they're gonna bring this team you still don't know what the heck they're gonna bring on the upside though you know what i mean yeah. nothing downside that's gonna happen on the upside you still don't know what they're capable of you're just holding on to your dear life making sure that they don't figure it out sooner you know so yeah, and, and it's funny you brought up Marcus Morris because we talked about that a lot a lot with Andrew uh, on the podcast last week about kind of waiting for him to get going and, and almost, you know, on cue right then. Back-to-back games, 16 points in each of the last two, and both very efficiently. Six of eight in the game against the Suns, five of seven in the game against the Mavs with finally a couple of three balls going down for him as well, so... You know, that's what they expected when they traded for him, but to see it, mm-hmm. you know, come to fruition, it just adds that much more of a weapon. Yeah, for sure. It's good to see that ball go in, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> As a shooter, it's definitely good to see that ball go in. So it's just going to be more confidence to come in and more minutes for him playing, you know what I mean? They they, they got him starting, you know, for a reason, and um, they know what, the caliber player that he is and what he can bring for the team he's guarding you know what i mean on the switches he's guarding guards as well so he's doing a great job um i think he guarded uh the greek freak a couple times too if i'm not mistaken right i mean yeah he's definitely like you said they're comfortable switching a lot so he's yeah you know whenever they get those screens and it's Kawhi and paul george you know and morris is in those he's usually big butt. they're just switching that and letting him you know trusting him to, to play straight up defense Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and, it's, and I, it's a great. Yeah, and I, you obviously had you know a long playing career, and you were you know one of your strong suits was shooting the ball. Uh, we know Morris has been a great shooter at times this year. What's it? What was it like for you when you know if you were going through a shooting slump, uh, just mentally and trying to get through that, and knowing that, you know what did it take for you to kind of break through those moments yourself? Man, it took me to get out outside of my head. You know what I mean? And, and it takes a good team to actually help you get through those times, you know, and looking for you and not shying away from you um, and definitely giving you the courage to take the next shot, you know, with confidence. And Morris is definitely a, he's a veteran at a high level, so he knows what he's going to do. Um, he knows when he's missing and how the ball is trickling off of what he needs to fix or something like that. And mostly it's due to, to just breathing and relaxing, you know what I mean? Stop rushing your shot. And, and taking the first shot, I would say, more than anything. You see the shot, and you're trying to jab and jab, and you already have that one shot. So knock down that shot. Go on about your day. Stop trying to create another shot after guards is, and, you know, somebody's already creating a shot for you. Take that easy first shot. Get your legs underneath you. Set shot. Both feet set underneath you and knock that shot down first. And then you start building off of that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, if you're continuously trying to create and think I got to dribble the ball and I got to pat the ball and all eyes on me, is is not going to work from that standpoint because you, that's not your game 
it is, I should say, I apologize for him. That is his game. But for this team, it's not your game to do that. Your game is to hit those shots that, that's given to you because you don't have to create so much that these guys are creating for you already. You know, so um, I've always been a great guy that can shoot off the catch. You know what I mean? Yeah. 15 foot, I was knocking down shots off the dribble a lot more. But coming off the, you know, off the three-point line, turning, pivoting, catching off the, you know, off the cuts, off the flares, stuff like that, off the down screens, which is great. But putting up, pulling up off threes and stuff like that was a little bit harder for me, um, for me in particular, you know, um, growing, growing into my game and stuff. So I actually got a chance to understand that a long time ago. My percentage went up and I started taking shots that I knew that I was going to be hitting because I knew my game from that point, you know. So yeah. I think that's what he knows. Um just knocking down that first shot. Sometimes the first game I see him catching and jabbing LeBron and trying to like play one on. You don't have to do that stuff. Knock it down, you know. And that probably is going to help him a lot more too. Yeah, and I think you know obviously that's got to be an adjustment for Marcus Morris because you know he in the past has been somewhat of an isolation player and you know mm-hmm. especially this year you know the Knicks obviously weren't weren't very good but he was really 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 good for them in the first half of the Take season care. and was really the primary scoring option. So that's obviously a mental shift to go from that to, like you said, a different role where you're, you got to be ready for more of a catch and shoot style of play. And, you know, to his credit, while the the numbers have been a bit down, you've seen him be willing to to do that where he's not for the most part, you know, jabbing and, and trying to create isolation. He's keeping the ball moving and he's, you know, really accepting his role as, you know, not the top yeah. guy, but knowing the pecking order of, you know, Kawhi and Paul George and Lou Will and then, exactly. you know, his spot in that. Yeah, and there's no shade against his game at all. It, it, it's kind of like a Carmelo Anthony type game right now. You know what I mean? It's not knocking off what he can do, but you got Damian Leonard, you got guys that can actually facilitate and get you that extra shot. Just knock that shot down with no doubt in your mind of a you know molecule second that's going through a process of thinking. It's all reflexes and reaction. You know what I mean? It's, follow through, hold that follow through, knock it down. Yeah, and you mentioned so, trust in your teammates and keeping you positive. Uh, have you ever seen it gone the, go the other way, or did you ever have teammates where, you know, they weren't oh, as supportive yeah. and it made it tougher on you to, to get out of those slumps? Yeah. When you say that, I thought instantly of the D-League. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, guys would definitely shy away from you, uh, in particular if you're not actually uh, – if you're catching the ball and dribbling and going between your legs, they want that assist. You know what I mean? They know <laughs> if you're not going to shoot that ball when they pass to you, they're not going to give you that ball again because everybody's trying to build their stats, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was definitely something. Luckily, I had that logo on my back from coming from the NBA down to the G League where they couldn't say too much of nothing. But um, it started from that standpoint in the G League where I had to know, understand, like, okay, I got to create for myself as well. I can't rely on somebody else because everybody's going for themselves, you know. Yeah, that, that's yeah. got to be such a unique experience for, you know, the G League keeps evolving and, you know, it's becoming more of a, you know, a complete league where you're bringing the college kids in. But but still, it's it's still so ultra competitive where guys, you know, the, yes. the winning of the team, you know, it's obviously important. But a lot of these guys, they, they want to get their stats so they can get that call up to the league. Heck yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a probably an NBA team that you can take from from that litter of guys that's in the G League. You know what I mean? And put them on an NBA team, like twelve guys, the best twelve guys, 
and they can probably compete against NBA teams. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of talent down there, you know. And I always wondered, you know, why is so much talent down there? Why aren't they like going to get some money in Europe or something like that? But they got the dream of actually playing in the league too. So no knock against those guys at all, but it's just it's just a dog dog world down there. You know, the stats is, has to be proven where you got to be doing something when you get in the game. So uh, yeah, you see. You see games like uh, the Clippers and the Suns, where it's 124, 125, you know, type games. You know, um, everybody's shooting the ball. Yeah, and to your point, you know, the Suns picked up Cameron Payne, who, you know, was a first round pick, kind of struggled a lot in the NBA. He went down to the G League, mm-hmm. dominated, and now he's back up in the league and, you know, helping the Suns to their very surprising, you know, 4 0 start here in the bubble. Yeah. Yeah, Payne is doing a great job, you know, and I definitely seen him down in G League. I seen him in the summer league where, you know, he's a proven veteran by now and he's in the summer league trying to make a team. You know, what I mean that just shows how much talent is in the NBA and 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 in the G League at the same time, you know. So that's the beauty of basketball. It's always proving yourself from that point, you know, always having to have a chip on your shoulder. So Payne is a great player too, you know what I mean? So yeah. um he, he just got to prove himself all over. That's the position that he's in, you know? What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? A home security system that's so complicated you never use it. That's exactly the type of system Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. Simply Safe is designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home 24-7. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock it's that simple. Head to simplysafe.com team and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com team. It feels good to fear less. And as we move forward, we know we've been talking about how the Clippers have done so far. They've got four of their eight games in the seeding games done. Um, still holding on to that two spot. And really now, for them, you know, the final focus over the next week is is one, holding on to that number two spot, which they have a game-and-a-half lead on Denver right now. And then two, as we said, kind of getting the guys back and, and in a rhythm. And, and of course, you know, for Montrez, we, we still sent out our best wishes to him. We know his grandmother, who was basically raised him, passed away, and he's hurting a lot right now. But, you know, his presence on the team is, is very important, as we've talked about. And, you know, down the stretch of this, with the quarantine and coming back, you know, maybe he'll get one game in before the playoffs, but uh, that'll be an interesting adjustment, you know, if and when he does come back to, to getting him reacclimated, getting Patrick Beverly, who doesn't need much to get acclimated, but Beverly back in there, and Lou Will, as you said, kind of get the rust off his game and get him back to, to his high-scoring ways as well. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, Lou Williams is actually um, a key piece for sure. He's playing a little minutes right now, and that's for the reason of just trying to get, you know, the feel for the game. But um, Montreal's definitely um, much respect to him, and hopefully his head is a lot clearer, you know, knowing that his grandma's at rest and, you know, and in peace and stuff. So, uh, yeah, so he can move forward and, you know, probably help the team win a championship for his grandma, you know. Um, with that with that being said, though, uh, you know, hats off to him, trying to get back to his team as best way as he can. Yeah, absolutely, and... And going down the stretch, we mentioned the two seed being important. Um, 
Do you think that's the best matchup for the Clippers in the playoffs is Dallas? We just saw them play. We know they're 3-0 against the Mavs. Or do you think any of the other matchups, if they were to fall to the three, would be just as appealing for them? You know, either way in the West, it's tough. But, um, it's tough. you know, right now, the 4-5-6 is a virtual tie. So that, for me, that's what makes it pretty imperative to get the two seed because, yes, the potential matchup against, you know, maybe Utah or Oklahoma City could be – you know, pretty winnable and easy as well. But if for whatever reason, if Houston falls to the sixth, then you're in, you know, a huge fight in the first round that you don't want. So I think, you know, as talented as Dallas is, we've seen the evidence that the Clippers kind of have their number. In Dallas, they're young. They don't play defense. And, yeah. you know, that for that reason, it seems like the Clippers would have a pretty significant advantage over them. Yeah, no, I think so too. Uh you're right, Dallas doesn't play too much of defense <laughs> But they shoot the hell out that ball. Yeah, they have, they have a here. historic offense, but they just, yeah, they don't defend on the other end. Yeah, their offense is, is, their, is their defense for sure. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, Utah plays defense, you know, and and they they run the hell out of that ball, you know what I mean? And they, they play great basketball. It would be tough. I would definitely want them to see, to play Dallas and get that confidence first, you know. And they they have their number right now, so it'll be a lot more smooth coming in that transition and playing against them, you know. Yeah, in Dallas, like we said, their offense right now by the metrics is the best offense in NBA history, which is kind of crazy to say. But uh, even with that said, you know, the Clippers are kind of tailor-made to – to win games with their defense so they they can also fill it up like we saw the other night where they put up 126 points on dallas and <laughs> crazy. and hold them in check they've had three games now where dallas although they've scored over 100 they've been closer to 100 than in their you know their normal 110 120 totals that they throw up there so they've been able to bother a great player like luka Doncic enough he's going to get his numbers but they Kawhi and paul george they make them really work for it they make them work for it yeah yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, these guys got their hands full right now. I mean, they got Portland right now. They got Brooklyn, Denver, and OKC. So they got to finish out strong. You know, just speaking of Portland, how do you see that transition into, into you know, as a as a caliber team like Portland? Well, they're doing an unbelievable job right now, too. Well, I, you know, it's a great point. I think Portland has been – they've been – really good in this bubble situation and I think out of all the teams we talked about on previous podcasts the Clippers being one of the beneficiaries you know theoretically of of the the time off with the health for Kawhi and Paul George the same thing with Portland you know they get Nurkic back who missed the whole year he's been amazing so far at the center position you know they obviously get they get Zach Collins back he kind of pushes Whiteside to to more of a reserve role where he's better suited and I think overall, it just helped them get healthy. And as a healthy team, they're definitely one of the top eight teams in the conference. And I think you see them right now, right at the doorstep of getting into the playoffs. And, you know, I don't think, obviously, just because of how good the Lakers are, that the Portland will be able to beat them. But, uh, you know, just getting in, I think they might be able to at least put up a fight with just how talented they are. And obviously, Lillard yeah. is is on another level right now. <laughs> He's on another level. He is shooting a Nerf ball, you know what I mean, <laughs> in the hoop. <laughs> this guy is unbelievable. These shots he's making, man. And he is not having not one facial expression at all. This is something <laughs> that he's born to do, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, he's a creative character, man. And 
NBA 2K right now going <laughs> off. Um, I know. And he, I like his style. And he's always been an amazing player, but he's just someone who you can tell, like guys like Kawhi Leonard, who just they just keep getting better every single year. And Lillard took that step from, you know, his game right now and the way that he plays is essentially, you know, a, close to a version of what we've seen from Stephen Curry over these past couple of years as well. He's hitting For sure. 30 foot threes, getting to the rim. You know, he can beat you in so many ways. And the threat of his three pointer from wherever now is just yeah. opens up the offense. And he's just yeah. so elite on that end. Yeah, he's shooting 30 foot threes off transition, man. <laughs> he's just walking to the court and just shooting threes off the off the sideline, you know. So it's hard to guard this dude who's lightning quick, like you know what I mean, like like Curry, like you said, a little bit more bounced than Curry, but at the yeah. same time, he is a monster. You can't stop him, man. And um, he got a great group of guys from Melo, you know, the list goes on down the line of proven guys that can actually get it done. So they're scary, man. You know what I mean. The Lakers definitely need to watch out for them if they are going to be, you know, on their tail for sure uh, coming in the first round of the playoffs. No, I would love to see that matchup because, I, like I said, the Lakers, I think with LeBron and AD would get it done. But at the same time, you look at one of the biggest weaknesses for the Lakers right now, especially with Avery Bradley not playing, is their inability to guard quick, you know, High octane point guards, and that's that. We're just talking about Lillard. That's it right there. So they would have for sure a really hard time stopping him. Uh, it'd be really interesting to see how that matchup played out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as the NBA alone, nobody can actually guard him at all. Yeah, but <laughs> that's the a Lakers, good point. <laughs> <laughs> but the Lakers definitely cannot guard him. You know what I mean? They don't have no match for that guy at all. Um, so it's going to be interesting for sure. And he, he's not taking no days off. I don't see him having a slump game. His probably slump game is 25 points. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, he's getting to the hole, knocking out free throws, getting fouled, putting the big man in trouble, trying to hedge out too hard. You know, so he's a threat for sure. And he's passing unbelievable too. Um, but as far as overall, though, man, speaking of basketball in general, how do you see basketball right now? I see it's it's a great sighting to see basketball at this level right now. It's really good to see these guys up and down. It's some good basketball going on all through the NBA, not just the Clippers, but a lot of games I've been seeing. This is really good and fun to watch right now. I mean, it, it's a beautiful th- beautiful thing, man. I just I just you know even games that are aren't Clipper games, and you know I'm such a basketball fan that you know I've been turning all these games on, even if I'm doing something else, just like on on the computer off on the side just like (laughs) yeah and and that's been the great thing as well not only just seeing high quality basketball and we've talked about the aesthetic of it it looks great the nba Mm -hmm. did a great job there but also the fact that the schedule we've got five six games on every single day you know back to back to back to back so it's it's like you miss one game oh we got another game on right now so it's it's been amazing yeah, for sure. And, and like you said, too, with the NBA, the four months the, the league has been done, to do this right now with this short amount of time they had is unbelievable. They've done an amazing job, you know what I mean, collectively um, bringing this together. And, you know, it's it's weird and unorthodox as far as right now, but it's getting familiar, I should say. As weird as that sounds right now, it's getting familiar. I'm looking at the crowd. You see Shaquille O'Neal as a fan being silly as hell, like <laughs> like normal and stuff. And, and um, it, it's just it's just bringing some more excitement to it, you know, as far as streaming wise. 
Yeah, and even just the perspective as a fan, like obviously the not having the, the people in the crowd is different and the actual crowd reactions, but once you get down to watching the game, it feels familiar. And it's, you know, once it's into the heat of the game, I'm sure everyone out there, I felt the same, you know, it's like watching any game I've ever watched ever before. You're into it, True. you know, following it. The game is still the same so that, you know, that hasn't dropped off at all, like you said. Yeah, you just lose that different taste bug of what you normally see, and you just really locking in to watching basketball. You know what I mean? So it's 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 fun. I love it, man. It's really good, and um, these guys are these guys are playing their heart out, you know, and trying to compete for a championship. And I thought, to me personally, and I I don't take nothing from it. I thought it was going to be different where these guys were not. And I said it too in the last or a podcast three or four down the line where would you accept this championship and trophy you know what i mean because it's different than the normal norm that you see as far as getting to a championship and winning it but these guys don't give a shit they're trying to my language. They're, they're trying to win this championship and i love it though you know what i mean the competitive nature of it all you know so it's dope it's really dope yeah i'm, I'm loving it too and and i'm excited to see all these matchups you talked about the final four the clippers have going down the stretch i mean the portland game you know, as we said, no one's going to be able to guard Lillard no matter what. But uh, it'll be interesting interesting to see what the Clippers do in that matchup. Because normally, you know, they'll throw a ton of guys at him. But primarily, that's Patrick Beverly. We assume he'll probably be out for that one. So then you got to, you know, switch it up. And see. It'll be interesting to see what they do. But I'm sure Paul George yeah. will get some of that. Kawhi will. But you also have to account for, you know, McCollum and Carmelo. And Gary Trent Jr. has been on fire. So, it, it, you know, they're a tough team to match up with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, just probably not play uh, Beverly this game. He might blow a tire trying to guard this guy, <laughs> Damian Lillard. <laughs> and Be- Beverly on a on a recent podcast uh, with JJ Redick, he was saying, you know, JJ asked him who the tough his toughest matchup in the league was, and he said Lillard. So to your point there, that's <laughs> yeah. the the guy that he you know he has on his you know on his calendar marked as you know that's my toughest matchup. Yeah, for sure. I remember uh, Gary Payton had an actual um, podcast talk, and he said his toughest matchup was um, what's the what's the guard from the Utah Jazz? Oh my God, oh, Stockton. John Stockton, yeah. John Stockton, yeah. And he was said the reason why because he didn't say nothing. <laughs> he used the shit word. He's like, man, I couldn't get through his skin. And that's the same thing with Damian Leonard. And I see Damian Leonard battling always with Kawhi, I mean with Westbrook. And he is not budging. And you know how a dog and a beast Westbrook is. Like, he'll get in your face. He'll talk a amount of shit to you and making sure he, he doesn't see you. You know what I mean? He's dunking on you, dunking on your big and all that. And he is not budging. You know what I mean? He's competing. So I understand it. I, I would definitely say that's definitely one person that you will be, you know, <laughs> ready to go. You have to be ready to go. And it doesn't matter because he's still getting 30 points on your butt. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's well, going to be tough, actually. Well, it shows you there's more than one way to do it, right? Like you said, Westbrook's an incredible player and a beast, and he's going to be in your face and trash talking. But at the same time, you could have that that silent assassin thing that Lillard has, and we see that yeah, from yeah. you know we see that from Kawhi all the time too. It's he, sometimes just, you know the game can do enough talking for you, and those guys you know, prove that you know Heck in space. Yeah. Heck yeah, Kawhi is. He got that poker face. It's hard to go at somebody with a poker face because you don't see that. Mo- you don't see if he's injured or if he's like, you know what I mean. If he's even thinking or what, he, you know what I mean. Some people have that like, ah, I'm tired. He doesn't show nothing. You know what I mean. He is a definitely 
a Terminator. You know what I mean? And, uh, Damon Litter is definitely one of those guys that's, you know, Terminator 2, I would say. <laughs> the return. Yeah, so, no, no question. Yeah. And, and on Kawhi, before we wrap this thing up, it's, it's funny because, you know, obviously he puts up his numbers no matter what. He's always going to play mm-hmm. great basketball. But he's one of those guys that you can just see it. We saw it in the Phoenix game late. We saw it in the Dallas game late. He almost has this extra gear, this extra switch, and when he hits it, it's like, okay, he's, you know, he's in killer mode right now. And you can yes. you can really tell when he hits that next switch and he's taking over games. It's it's pretty incredible to watch. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible for sure. And I, I I don't take nothing from that at all. And I, I like I like the way he plays and I like the way Paul George plays. I, I it's not enough credit that gives to Paul George a, a caliber player that he is, and he can dominate the way he does at a smooth rate. And he doesn't—he doesn't take away from Kawhi, just like he never took away from Westbrook when he played with him. You know what I mean? Like he always competes with his team and going to battle with them, and he's matching point for point, you know, with Kawhi Leonard as well. But he's like a quiet assassin in a way because he's so smooth and silky smooth. And you got two guys like that. You got Kawhi, who doesn't say nothing, who's a mute. And he's like, <laughs> you look up, he's he's at the free throw line every damn time. You know what I mean? Or he's he's in the paint, you know, creating, you know, with pivots and jabs and being under control, you know what I mean, and finishing over your bigs. And he's kicking out to Paul George, who's, who's prolific, who's knocking down threes, like, you know what I mean, like right or left hand down there, it looks like. You know what I mean? How smooth he is. So. Yeah. No, these guys, these guys mesh well. They they really do. They really do, and obviously what they do on the defensive end of the floor as well. But but you mentioned awesome. you mentioned with Paul George, the smoothness of his game to not only get to the rim and get to the line, but his his three point shot, as you said, it just gotten better and better each year. They're like layups, man. They're yeah. shooting. You know what I mean? Like some guys are actually like really eyeball. He's shooting right or left hand off screens, getting hit. That I'm like, all right. If some, most of these guys don't understand how far NBA line is, please imagine how far <laughs> NBA line is, and you're doing this off the dribble. You know what I mean? This yeah. is dedication of the amount of time that he puts into his game, and every NBA player, you know what I mean, from that standpoint, for sure. And that was another thing that, you know, not to bring up the same pot again, but with the J.J. Redick and Beverly conversation, or, you know, J.J. Redick, who's, you know, one of the best shooters in the league, he talked about... Mm-hmm. Just how easy it looks for Paul George and how he like he can't believe how easy he gets up shots and how smooth and easy a flow it is from downtown for someone who who does it so well. Even he is in awe of just what Paul George can do and how easily he can get his shots off. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And JJ Reddick gets his shots up too. I <laughs> love <laughs> yeah, I love JJ Reddick's game for sure. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, that just goes hand in hand. He's seen a lot of basketball from all the way from college and and admiring his game, J.J. Reddick, you know, he's it, it goes to show for sure, like you said. Yeah, no doubt. So, Alex, before we wrap this up, we mentioned four more games left. We talked about the opponents, Portland, Brooklyn, Denver, and OKC. Uh, over this next week, before we go into the playoffs, uh, what do you, what's the record prediction? 4-0, and 3-1, 2-2, and what you got? Man, you know, we talked about this uh, with Brooklyn. Um, that might be that might be a W for sure. I'm definitely banking on that. So I'm I'm gonna say uh, three and two probably. I would say. Okay. Dallas might give them a run, and then uh, Portland might give them a run. I'm optimistic though, man. 
Yeah, yeah, same here. So, see to get that, get that three and one finish. And as you said, I think as long as they they keep control of that two seed, I think that's the, you know keeping them in a good position in terms of going into the playoffs. And we'll see if it ha- see what happens from there. But yeah, we'll uh, sure. as we said, we'll have a playoff preview once this little regular season seeding game wrap up is done, and we'll get ready for what we hope is a long and fruitful playoff run for the Clips. For sure, for sure, yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so everyone out there, be sure to, to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, give five stars, review. We're available wherever podcasts are found. Make sure you follow myself and Alex on, on Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, and yeah, we'll be back with another one, a playoff preview next week to keep this thing rolling. Let's go, guys. Let's go. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.